world is a testing ground. This is not a place for us to enjoy. This is not a place for us to celebrate. This is not a place for us to rest. This is not a place where we will stay. This dunya is a place where we will be tested. And it is a shame that we have made it our grazing ground, our pasture ground. The purpose of life is to become the slave and servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the purpose of living is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So each and every one of us has, will be tested in this world. There will be different ways and different conditions in which Allah ta'ala will test someone. For somebody health will be a test, for somebody sickness will be a test, for somebody happiness will be a test, for somebody sadness will be a test, for somebody their progress will be a test, for somebody there will be lowered that will be their test. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala will grant someone and give them a test. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala will take something away from someone. That will be their test. There are different ways that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tests a person. But there is one test in which each and every one of us will have to face. And that is that in this dunya, there's so much glitz and glamour that it attracts the person's heart it wins over the person's heart and it attaches the person's heart to itself and then a person tries to make their jannah here in dunya they want to make their life paradise on earth they want I wish I should have such a great business such a great job such a great wife such great children I want this and I want that they're trying to design a jannah for themselves and their mind on earth. And then they spend their whole life trying to make that jannah. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made jannah in the akhirah. And we are trying to get jannah in this world. And that is why we have long hopes and long plans. And shaitan whispers into a person to have long future plans. As if they're going to live here forever as if they're never going to die. This is a great deception that the vast majority of us fall into this deception. So what should have been the case is that however long we are going to live in this world, we should work for this world. And however long we are going to live in the Akhirah, we should work for the Akhirah. 
So we're only going to live in this world for about 1500 years. And in the Akhirah we're going to live forever, billions and billions of years. There's no comparison. But if we look in terms of our preparation, it, you find the opposite. All day and all night we are working for our dunya. And the whole day passes by and we are in the dunya. All night. All day passes, we are in the dunya. All night passes, the dunya is in our thoughts. So we are on the dunya. And this is the deception that we have. Is that we think we are going to remain in the dunya. So we should live in the dunya, but we should not love the dunya, and we should not have love for the dunya in our heart. The likeness of this dunya is like water. Just like a for a boat to float, it needs water. And if there is no water, then the boat will not be able to sail. The boat cannot go on ground, it cannot go on sand, so it needs water. However, the only benefit of water is if the water is on bottom and the boat is on top. And if, however, the water comes inside the boat, then the boat will sink. But just like that is the dunya, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given wealth and property and assets and dunya to a person, that is Allah ta'ala's blessing. But it should only be in a person's hand. If instead of being in a person's hand, it enters into a person's heart, then just like when the water enters the boat, the boat sinks. If the dunya enters a person's heart, the person will sink. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants that, O oh human being, you should live in this world such that you are not won over by the dunya, you are not attracted by the dunya, you simply live in the dunya, but all of your attention and focus is directed towards me, yani Allah subhanahu wa This is why a poet expressed this this way, that in the middle... That, O oh Allah... That you have left me floating in the middle of the river, but at the ta- at the same time you've asked me to be watchful for the shore. So just like that, in the, when the person is in the middle of the ocean, all around them is water. So just like that in our life, all around us is dunya: our cars, our homes, our wealth, our clothes. Every single thing is attracting it to us, but we have to remain watchful of the shore. And the shore means the akhirah. But the vast majority of people get caught up in the dunya. So the principle is that live in the dunya, but don't get stuck in the dunya. Don't be absorbed in the dunya. And this is the test. This is the test that everybody human will have. That They will be placed in the dunya. And the test will be that will they be entranced and ensnared by the dunya. This is a test that is irrespective of whether a person is poor or rich. Even if there is a king... A king can pass this test even if he has all of the dominion of the dunya but if there's no dunya in his heart then he can still go into Jannah no matter how much wealth and riches he has. And there may be another person who is poor but in his heart all the time he has love for dunya, greed for dunya, yearning for dunya. So despite his poverty he has a lot of love for the dunya and he may miss out on Jannah. From the Day of Judgment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to stand some people up with karun and they were some people who were so poor 
in this world and they would say oh Allah we are poor in this world and you are raising us up with Karun who was a very wealthy person but Allah Ta'ala will say that but this was what your heart's desire you also wanted to have wealth and riches in this world you didn't want me you wanted the world so it's the heart condition of a person that will decide whether this is a person from Ahlideen or from Ahlidunya and the Khulafai Rashidun the Sahaba Ikram there were some Sahaba who were very well off but they were from Ahlideen dunya had not entered their heart and the dunya could not attract them in their way. Sayyidina Ali once Sayyidina Ali was saying Ya Safra, Ya Beza that oh gold, oh silver you can deceive someone else you won't be able to deceive me. This was such a great personality that Sayyidina Rasulullah directly did their tarbiyah. Their hearts were made of gold and hence they had no desire for the gold of this world. Shaykh Rishaf al has written in one of his books that for the ordinary people the ordinary people their greatest, their greatest miracle of the Sahaba was that when at a certain at a certain point in history, the Sahaba were taking an army on jihad, and then they took all of their horses through the water of a river, and they were able to cross the river in that way. So average people think that this was a great miracle of the Sahaba that they were able to do this. But Sheikh Shafalitanrat said, but the ulama say that no, the greatest miracle of the Sahaba was that after the Prophet passed away, and Allah Taala put a lot of victory and conquest for Islam all over the world, and they got the world's riches fell at their feet, but even then they passed the river of the dunya with preserving their iman. So this dunya is entrancing. This dunya is a sorcerer. This dunya snares a person And the person then is so involved in dunya They forget Allah Ta'ala They forget Salah They forget the masjid If you ask somebody that Oh I haven't seen you in the masjid for some days He says oh I'm really tied up in business I'm really busy So they're so absorbed in the dunya They miss out their faraid They can even miss out on their sleep They can skip eating They're so attracted to dunya So this is a grand test so we have to be very precautious, very careful about this test. And we should make our heart in such a way like a swan. A swan sits on the lake and floats on the surface of the lake. But its wings have been designed in such a way that they're so soft that even if it's on the water, they don't get wet in the water. Even though she, the swan is sitting on the water And the slightest sound or the slightest threat comes It immediately flies away from the water Why? Because the wings are not wet But if that same swan was to dive into the water Then because the wings would be wet It wouldn't be able to fly away quick enough to escape the threat and danger so the moment should be like that swan that they're on top of the dunya like the swan is on floating on the water but nothing they absorb nothing of the dunya they don't become wet from the dunya they don't have any arrogance or pride they don't chase the glitz and glamour and glory of this world 
and they should be such that they can leave the dunya in a fraction of a second, just like the swan can fly away from the water of the lake. So there's a term in Arabic called zuhud. Zuhud means not to love the dunya. Zuhud doesn't mean whether you have money or not. You, it has nothing to do whether how much money you have. Zuhud means that you don't love mal, you don't love money, you don't love the world. What does it mean to love the world? It means when a person loves the world, they will be willing to do haram, they will engage in interest, they will engage in fraud, they will do anything in order to get more and more money. Or because of the money they have, they do haram activities, they engage in sin because they have love for the world. So having money and wealth is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should remember that in this day and age, that wealth is a even a shield for a person's iman. In this day and age that we are living in, that money is actually something that protects a person's iman. Because it means if they didn't have money, then they would get doubtful and they would question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they would be weak in their iman. But at the same time, money is also a test and a torment for us. The minimum test is that a person who has a lot of money, that person doesn't want to die. Why should they want to die? Because they have every pleasure and comfort in life. So this is the minimum test that wealth gives, is that the person doesn't want to die. So we should make our heart in such a way that we don't have any love for money. Allah subhanahu wa whatever condition He keeps us in, we should be happy and pleased with Him. If He bestows wealth upon us, we should be grateful to Him. If He doesn't bestow wealth upon us, we should be sabr, we should have patience and endure patiently. That our heart should be one of sugar and sabr, but no love for the dunya, no attraction to the dunya. We shouldn't be friendly with the dunya. And the Quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa has only used the word zuhud once and that is when the brothers of Sayyidina Yusuf salam, they wanted to get them rid of the get rid of their brother Yusuf they wanted that we should just get rid of him so that we can re- become the favorites of our father they had no fondness for him so when somebody came what did they put him in the well and then when some people came and they tried to buy him Allah says in Quran that they bought Yusuf salam, and made him into a slave not bought, they enslaved him and then they sold him off at a very cheap price. And at such a cheap price that Allah says they were from Zahideen, means they were people who didn't love the world. So what it means is that they view everything in the world to be a trifle, to be of insignificant value. That means to have zuhd. Meanwhile, whatever blessing Allah has given a person, we should value it and we should be grateful for it. And if a person has been so blessed that from all four sides he has a lot of money, then he should use his two hands and spend a lot of money in charity. But it is wrong if a person should have money in this world and have so many and make such a million dollar uh, house, but then on the day of judgment he will have a poor place in Jannah. No, if a person has a lot of money in this world, he should also want to be a rich person in Jannah. He wants to have rich. Richness in Akhirah. He should want to build himself a palace in Jannah. As in fact, if he can make a big mansion in this world, he should think that I can populate a whole city for myself in Akhirah.
One sheikh said that Zod is Iraz and Adam al-Mail. Zod means to turn away and abstain and refrain from the world. And it means Adam al-Mail means a person is not inclined and attracted towards the world. Again, it means that a person is not fond of the dunya, not attracted to the dunya. And Zod means that they are stay away, not allured by the glamour of the dunya, the glitz of the dunya, the glory of the dunya. A person's heart is cut off from all of these things. And then another sheikh said that Zuhud means that their heart, the hearts at connection should be cut off from the world, from the desires of the world, from the glory of the world, the glamour of the world. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas used to say, That Zod means that a person should not yearn, a person should not be prideful over what they have in the dunya, nor should they be always seeking and yearning for what they don't have in the dunya. Whatever they have, they're grateful for it. They're not always thinking about all the things they don't have, and they're not glorifying all the things they do have. And then Allah SWT said in Quran that there's some people in Quran such that. Whatever they're unable to get in the dunya, it doesn't make them despair in any way. And whatever they have, it doesn't cause them to have fakhr. They're not boastful or proud or arrogant over what they do have. So this is the principle Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran. But their heart is content and pleased. If we get something, we will use it according to sharia. And if we don't get something, we won't be depressed about it. Shaykh Abdul Qadr, Janayin Abtali. Allah made him the king of the awliya but also made him like a king in this world means Allah gave him a lot of money he was a tradesman, a businessman and Allah put a lot of barakah in his trade and business just like Imam Abu Nifarim also Allah put a lot of barakah in his trade and business that they, both of them were very well off so once Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani was sitting and when a person came running towards him and said, Sheikh, you know, your boat, which is supposed to come on the ocean, full of your goods, we have just reached news that it has sunk. To Sheikh Abdul Qadir he said, Alhamdulillah. Then after some time, then another man came from the harbor and said that, Oh, Sheikh, you know, that, that ship that sunk in ocean, we have just received news that instead of sinking, it actually was survived and it is now about to dock in the harbor. And then again, Sheikh Abdul Qadir said, Alhamdulillah. So his muridin, his students were surprised that when he got news that his ship was sinking, he said, Alhamdulillah. Then when he got news that his ship hadn't sunk and was coming into port, he said, Alhamdulillah. So they asked the Sheikh that, why was this? And the Sheikh said that when I got the news that my ship was sinking, I looked in my heart and I saw that my heart was not sad in any way at losing dunya. So I said, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah Ta'ala that my heart is not sad at the loss of dunya. Then when I got the second news that no, no, that the ship has actually been sighted and coming into harbor, I looked into my heart and saw that my heart wasn't happy at the gain of dunya. So then again I said, Alhamdulillah. So that is the type of heart that we should want, that a person's heart's happiness and sadness has not tied up with their gain and loss in the dunya. And when somebody is like that, then they won't take bribery, they won't take interest, they won't usurp the wealth of orphans, they won't 
unlawfully take anybody other's wealth, they won't do that once their heart is unattached to wealth. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to do to preserve the interpersonal relations. He wants people's hearts not to be attached to wealth so they don't harm one another. However, in this day and age, because people's hearts are so attached to the dunya, then we will feel so much betrayal. A person, you will hire someone and then he will steal something from you or he will take something away from you. So there is very little amana, there is very little trustworthiness left in this world. There are very few people who have so much fear of Allah SWT in their heart that a person views them as trustworthy and they will never steal anybody's money. But why is this? Because people don't have zuhud. Because they have love for the dunya. That's why they're willing to cheat and steal to get that dunya. And yes, sometimes you will find there's a manager sitting at the shop, but he's secretly taking money out from the cashier and setting up his own shop on the side because he's not trustworthy. So what Allah wanted is that a person should not worship wealth and money, but our job is to worship Allah SWT. Why we enslaved ourselves to the dunya and money and wealth, we were supposed to enslave ourselves as the servants and worshipful servants of Allah SWT. Lama Shibli Ramtai said that if Allah Ta'ala bestows something on a person, they should do shukr, and if Allah Ta'ala takes something from Allah Ta'ala, the person should do sabr. Rahim Ramtai was asked about zuhud, and he said that zuhud means that in the heart a person should view the world and wealth to be insignificant should not view it as having any real value and if we had that if we viewed the dunya as insignificant and is not having value and we realize the value of our ibadah we would prefer our fara'id we would prefer the first salah over our business and our trade if we realize the insignificant value of dunya but we have heard examples from such people that even they are stores in the market that are right by the masjid but they don't pray salah in the masjid because they say oh, we have customers right now how can we close the shop to pray and even we have heard, saw one example where there was a plaza which was owned by the masjid and the shopkeeper was renting the shop from the masjid and even then he wouldn't come into the masjid to pray salah Another shaykh said that zuhud means that in the heart a person feels no majesty of the dunya, doesn't view the dunya as having any majesty or status. And he should think that if Allah SWT does not even value the dunya as much as the wing of a mosquito, Not even like the wing of a mosquito. Sayyidina Rasulullah was once walking and there was a dead goat, carcass, corpse of a goat. And you know then that animal would have decayed and how what a foul stench must be coming. And so the Sahaba could not even stand near it, but the Prophet stopped and he stood by that dead carcass of a goat. And the Sahaba were stunned. They said, O Messenger of Allah, why are you standing here? And the Prophet said, O Sahaba, would any of you like to pick up this dead goat and take it home with you? And they said, no, who would want to take this dead carcass of a goat? And the Prophet said, oh my companions, just 
as much repugnance you feel for this dead carcass rotting decaying goat just like that Allah Ta'ala feels even more repugnance for the dunya the worth of the dunya in Allah Ta'ala's eyes is even less than the worth of this dead goat in your eyes Another shaykh said that Zod means to leave everything that does not concern you. And Abu Sulaiman Danafta said that Zod means that nothing that is of any concern, to leave everything in the dunya that does not concern you in anywhere. Another shaykh said that dunya means to leave whatever dis- in the dunya, to leave everything that distracts you from Allah subhanahu ta'ala. So if there's anything that makes you forget Allah subhanahu ta'ala, whether it is an amusement, a recreation, whether it is business, whether it is hanging out or gatherings with friends, or if it is recreation, traveling, tourism, anything that you do, if when you do it, it distracts you from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, or it makes you forgetful of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, then to leave that, that is called zuhud. Yahya ibn Muaz, he said, That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cuts off your risk for three days consecutively means you have absolute hunger, even then your heart should not become weak. That is called zuhud, that you have such little attachment to the world that even you can handle three days of absolute hunger. Today we can't even miss a single meal. And the vast majority of people who are here today, we have never tasted hunger. And we eat once, twice, thrice a day And we eat the type of food that we like to eat So We should try to understand what the reality of zuhud is Munchik said that zuhud does not mean to view what is halal as haram it doesn't mean to view halal money as haram. It doesn't mean to waste money either. But what does it mean? It, zuhud means that whatever is in your hands, you should have more attraction for the wealth that lies with Allah Taala than the wealth that you possess with your own hands. That is zuhud. Instead, you should want the treasures of the akhirah as opposed to the treasures in your account. Therefore, if somebody doesn't have food in their home, then everybody will cry and beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for food. But what we should think, if that everyone, if what if the wonderful person is that one who has every type of food and comfort in their home, but still they cry and pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they want to have the provisions of the Akhirah. Ibn Taymiyyah Abdani said, that zuhud means to leave anything in this world that has no benefit in the Akhirah. Because it, other, it's futile and pointless and worthless if it does not benefit us in the Akhirah. Sufyan Athori said that Zuhud means Zuhud means to break your long hopes and your future plans in the world. In other words, not to think that you're going to live forever. So Zuhud does not mean that you should eat coarse food and wear thick wool. Zuhud means that simply in your heart, you shouldn't yearn to live in this world forever.
حافظ ابن قیم رحمتہ and zuhud means that the heart should be empty of the dunya but doesn't mean the hands should be empty of the dunya means you will still earn the dunya and spend on the dunya but your heart should be empty of the dunya your heart should not have any love for the dunya Imam Ahmed bin Hamdulillah said that zuhud is that your qalb is that your heart is entirely focused on the akhirah that you freed up your heart from the world and dedicated your heart entirely to akhirah that is called zuhud another shaykh said that zuhud means that you should free up your heart from the occupations and pleasures and pastimes of this world so that instead your heart can be occupied with the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah said another thing said that Zuhud means that it means that your heart's attention is diverted from things and instead is diverted to the Rabbul Ashya, to the Lord and creator of those things. So that your heart is not attached to material items but your heart is attached to Allah Subhanahu who is the Lord and creator of all of those material goods. Imam Ahmed Muhammad Somebody once asked him a good question and said that if a person has wealth, is it possible for them to be a zahid? Is it possible to have money and have zahid? And this is something that would make more sense to us because we are not people who are starving of hunger. So that person who has some level of comfort in this world, can he be a zahid? So the answer that Imam Ahmed gave to this question is a big guidance for us. Imam Ahmed said, Naam, yes. He said that yes. As long as they never get happy, as long as they not get happy and overjoyed when they have an excess in wealth and they shouldn't get sad and depressed and grieve if they ever lose any of that wealth, then if a person has money in that sense that they neither overly joyed when they get more and nor are they overly saddened when they lose their money, then that means that person that person can have money and still be a zahid. And if you look at the example of Dawud al-Islam and Sulaiman al-Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given them wealth in this world, they were kings of this world but they were also from the zahideen, they were great had a great zuhud because no matter how much money they had they didn't have love for the money in their heart. So all from the world's perspective they are kings but from Allah Ta'ala's perspective they were still Zahideen they were abstinent and ascetics in this world. So one sheikh said that you can marry the most beautiful woman and you can eat the most tasty and fine food and you can live in the finest of homes all but in your heart you shouldn't have love for that wealth and money because if you have the love for that in your heart then you may do something khilaf sharia against the sharia but if you don't have love for the world and even with all of these blessings you can still be called a Zahid. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want that a person should be destitute in this world or be homeless in this world or have be hunger in this world. No, the Sharia doesn't ask a person to do that. Otherwise it would be impossible to practice Sharia. And so these other 
religions that have gurus and sadhus and nomads and mendicants and fancy English. Our dean says, no, we don't want anybody to be a monk and a mendicant. They should live in the world. They should fulfill their necessities. They can have a reasonable level of comfort, but that dunya should not make them ghafil or forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the fraction of a second. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Sayyidina Zubair anhu both of them were poor Sahaba and Sayyidina Ali the second he had money he lived hand to mouth whatever he earned he would have to eat he never even had to pay zakat in his whole life because he never had enough money upon which zakat would be due can you imagine in your whole lifetime zakat was never first because he never had that much money whatever he earned he ate or otherwise he used to give in charity and Sayyidina Zubair and Sayyidina Ali they were outwardly they, ha- they were very poor but they are also from the Zahideen from the people of Zuhd at the same time Sayyidina Uthman and Sayyidina Abdurrahman bin Auf they were ghani they were rich they were wealthy in their time but they are also from the Zahideen they also have Zuhd Sayyidina Usman al-Ghani had so much money that once he had so much crops that Allah Ta'ala blessed him at the best time uh, he got a container of grains when in Medina there was a famine and a, due to a drought so then people came and they asked him that why don't you sell this to us and take whatever profit you want and use in the language of today that you sell it to us wholesale and we'll send it onward retail so Sayyidina Usman asked how much will you give they said we'll give you double the profit because they wanted a monopoly so then he said okay fine we'll give you Sayyidina Usman said no he said okay we'll give you triple the rate Sayyidina Usman said no and then he said, they said okay we'll give you quadruple the profit Sayyidina Usman Ghani said, no, it's still not enough. So all of those tradesmen were amazed that we want to buy all of this grain so that we could have a monopoly in this time of famine and drought. And we're offering four times the normal profit, but Sayyidina Usman Ghani is not accepting it. So then one of them asked Sayyidina Usman how much is it that you want? And Sayyidina Usman Ghani said that the profit that you are offering me is very small, and you cannot give more than that. And Sayyidina Usman said, No, I have a customer who can give more profit than you. They said, Oh, there's somebody who can give more than quadruple the profit. And if you, if it costs you 100, we're willing, give you, we're willing to give you 400. We're willing to give you four times the right. Sayyidina Usman said, Yes. He said that my Allah SWT, He can give me at least 10 in place of 1. He can even give me 700 in place of 1. So he made niya that all my entire caravan of 100 camels should all be distributed to the poor of Medina. That I want to give it all in sadaqah and charity to alleviate the poverty that was in Medina at that time. So Sayyidina Usman Ghani had so much money but he still had zuhud. He wasn't attached to his wealth in any way at all. Then Sayyidina Hassan Badal who he was also uh, same way and Allah subhanahu ta'ala had blessed Sayyidina Hassan with uh, and a lot of wives a lot of people wanted that 
Sayyidina Hassan should marry their daughter or should marry their sister because they wanted to give their daughter to the family of the Prophet and they wanted their progeny of their daughter to be Sayyid. And Sayyidina Hassan, he used to keep marrying and then he would, whenever he got divorced, he would get married again. But still, even though he had many wives in his life, he still considered from amongst the Zahideen, he had Zuhud because he had no love for those uh, worldly love for them. So imagine that somebody every month is having a vlima and still he's being mentioned in the Zahideen. So what we learn from this is having a wife, having a home, that doesn't prevent a person from being Zuhud. You just have to remove the love of dunya from one's heart. And if we don't have love for the dunya in our heart, then a person will be Zahid, even if they're well off. And if they have love for the dunya in the heart, they can never be called a Zuhud, even if they just live underneath the shade of a tree. Abu Dardar he said a beautiful thing. He said, He said that if any one of you take a halaf, take a swear, take an oath about a person that so and so is the biggest zahid, then Sayyidina Abu Darda will say that I will take an oath that he is the best of you. It means the one who is the most zahid is the one who is the best of you. The one who has the least love of the world and their heart is going to be the best of you. So whoever is the greatest zahid amongst you, he is actually the best amongst you. It comes in a hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, And if you ever see that somebody has been given zuhud in this world, and Allah SWT has given him, mantik means eloquent speech, nutq is given him eloquent speech, the power of speech in this world, then you should become close to that person. Because indeed this person will speak to you words of wisdom and he will get ilqa of wisdom from Allah subhanahu wa because of his zuhud and because of his eloquence. So they will be inspired by Allah subhanahu wa with wisdom in judgment and wisdom in speech. So that means that the more zuhud we have, the more ulum and ma'arif, the more subtle points of knowledge Allah ta'ala will enable us to have insight into. And a Zahid is that person who just like they will empty their hand of the asbab of the means and process in this world, a Zahid is the one who's given up all their worldly desires. There is no murad for them in this world except for Allah subhanahu wa It doesn't mean that a person shouldn't work. A person must work, earn, strive to earn, work to earn. But, that, but because that is part of our life that Allah Ta'ala wants us to earn a halal livelihood for ourselves and our family so that is a duty that is an obligation but it should not be a passion we should not be a love for the world now imagine if there is somebody whose heart is such that all of their love is for Allah Ta'ala, why would they ever take the money of someone else because they have no love for money but today people have so much love for money that the brother cheats his own brother 
family members cheat their other family members. Why? Because they have love for the dunya in their heart. One Arabi, one Bedouin, nomad, he asked the people of Basra that who is your leader? And they said our leader is Al-Hassan al-Basri He is our leader And then the person said that How did he become your leader? So the people of Basra said That he is mustaghni from the dunya He is free from the dunya People needed his knowledge But he doesn't need their dunya This is why we made him our leader all of us needed the knowledge that he had, but he had no need of any of the dunya that we had. So we recognize that such a person should be our leader. And Shaykh Hassan Basra, he said that I saw a, such a group of people, such a qom, he's talking about Sahaba because he was tabin, that I saw such a qom, you need the jamaat of Sahaba, that nothing in this world would make them overjoyed at, at, at acquiring it and nothing in this world would make them sad if they lost it so even if they got the dunya it wouldn't be a source of their overjoy they wouldn't be arrogant they wouldn't be boastful they wouldn't be proud they wouldn't have conceit and if they couldn't get the dunya they missed out on something and they wouldn't be sad they wouldn't grieve and in their eyes the dunya the value of the dunya was not even as much as the earth and soil that they walked and treaded upon with their feet. Sheikh Ashraf Ali once a person became a student, and at that time, he gave the Sheikh a gift of 100 rupees. So this is that time that when the salary of the teacher in the madrasa was 2 rupees a month, so he gave him a gift of 50 times monthly salary. They gave him a gift of 100 rupees So that was a very large amount So at that time he gave him a gift of 100 rupees And then he wrote on the letter That I came to visit you and I saw your khanka And I saw that I need you very much So I wanted to give you a gift of 100 rupees So Sheikh Ashraf Ali thought that if anybody thinks that I am needy, I will never accept a gift from them. But if they give it just with the need of a gift, I will accept it. So you wrote that you think that I'm needy because you came to the Khanka and you felt that there was some need. So he returned the hundred rupees to him. When he got the money was returned to him, he couldn't understand that he was very stunned and then he wrote another letter that I've sent you such a large amount of money and then I even wrote you a letter along with that that you will never ever find a student like me who will give you 100 rupees gift so when he wrote that then Sheikh Ashraf Ali wrote on the back side of that same paper and said that you will and you will never ever get a Sheikh who will ever refuse a hundred rupees gift like I did, like I can. And so this is Zahid, this is what it means not to have love for the world. The world has no value in their heart. Sheikh Qasim Nanotri once he was sitting in the masjid. 
the Chatta Masjid, this classic Masjid in Durban, and a person came and he gave some money and he gave some silver and he wanted to give it to Shaykh Al-Sunan but these ulama they have istighna they have self-sufficiency and he said no it's okay I don't need your money and he kept trying and he kept saying no please accept it please accept it and with Shaykh Al-Sunan he kept refusing then on his way out he said he, on his way out he got a thought in his heart that okay I'll just put the money in the shoes of the Shaykh and then he won't be able to refuse it. So he put that money in the shoe of the Shaykh. And then he left. And when the gathering was and the masjid ended and Shaykh Nanatana exited the masjid on his time, when he put his foot inside the shoe, he felt his coins. So he, when he saw it, he said, this is that small pouch of coins that that person wanted to give. And he said that, I have heard from my elders that that person who tosses away the dunya Allah Ta'ala throws the dunya at their feet and now I realize that yes this is true Allah Ta'ala will put the dunya inside your shoes if you cast it away this is called zuhud that a person has no love for the world is not no yearning for the world Al-Harith al-Muhasabi said that leaving the dunya and stop mentioning the dunya is the attribute of the um, Zahideen and those who leave the Akhirah and leave mention and remembering the Akhirah as opposed to leaving mention of the Akhirah. Once a person came to Rabia Basriya and started talking to her about dunya, about their life, about their earning, about their condition. So she said, go away from me. It seems to me that you love the dunya a lot because you're always talking about your dunya. That is why a zahid is a person who in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala has very wise because they recognize the value, the insignificant value of the world. They recognize the world for what it is. And therefore, if a person leaves behind a wasiyah and bequest and says that my inheritance, of you can leave behind one-third of your estate as a bequest. So if he says this word, the jurists have written that if he says, I leave behind one-third of my wealth on the people who trust Allah Ta'ala, then his money should be given to the farmers because the farmers have the most tawakkal on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They plant the seed and they plow the field and then they trust Allah ta'ala to let the crop come out. So one Saraiki poet, he said that the job of the gardener is to plant the seed in the water and your job, Allah ta'ala, is to make that seed sprout into a seedling and a plant and fruit. So if he made the wasiyat and said that leave my one-third of estate for the people the most tawakkal, then he would be given to the farmers. And the jurist wrote that if however he wrote that leave one-third of my, I leave one-third of my estate to those who are the most wise, then he will be given, that money will be given to the people of Zuhud. Because the greatest wisdom on earth is to realize the insignificant value of this world. The Sahaba Ikram, because of their Zuhud and all of these attributes of Zuhud, that's what made the Sahaba great. And that's what made them close, gave them Qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abdullah bin Masood he used to say that O oh people that you pray the longest salah and you are the most offering of jihad 
that who are the best of people? The ones who are azhad fi dunya, who have the least inclination towards the dunya, and alghbu fi akhirah, they have the most ragba, the most longing and yearning for the akhirah. So we should always remember that as long as a person has love for the dunya, they no matter how much amal they do, uh, their love for the dunya will catch up with them. Because Allah Ta'ala does not like love for dunya to be in the heart of one of his believers. And if a person in their heart has an emotion that Allah Ta'ala doesn't like, uh, then how can they be successful until they rid themselves of this emotion? However, if a person has zuhud, doesn't love the world, and does a little bit of extra ibadah, that will be enough to make them muqarrab or close to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. I'll be giving you another example to illustrate through a story that once there was a person who lived on the banks of a river and he was Sa'imun Dahar means he always used to fast every day and Qa'imul Layl every night he used to stand in the worship of Allah SWT and he was living just simply on the bank of a river he had no fancy home or property so once one young man saw him and the young man was very impressed that while wow, this person is so cut off from this world is not chasing the world at all that all day long he fasts and all night he stands in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in 24 hours he eats only once and he used to catch fish from the river and all life he only eats fish so look at what a simple life that life is in 24 hours he only eats one fish all day long he is in, in a fast and all night he is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the young man went to this old man and said that you know I want you to make dua for me he said that okay you know my sheikh is living in a particular town you should go to him and you should become his student and you should also ask you should ask him to make dua for you and you should ask him to make dua for me also so that young man went and said okay I want to meet that sheikh who had such a student like this so when he went there to but the place he told him he was amazed that the sheikh is very well off, has a very fine house, has very fine horses, has a lot of food and people are coming and going and looks like there's freely flowing money. So the young man was like, I wanted to give bed to that sheikh who had a student who had so much zuhud, like the person who was on the river bank, that he's so uninterested in the world and he... But now I've come to see the sheikh, the sheikh has done you all around him. So it looks to me like the student has taken, overtaken the sheikh. So fine, he told me to give bed to his own sheikh. I have done so. But in his heart, his intention was to go back and give bed to the student. But then he remembered that he had been asked to request du'as for the sheikh. So he went to the sheikh and said that, Oh, I was referred to you by the person who was living on the riverbank. And he asked you to make du'a for him as well. So the sheikh made dua that, Oh Allah, please remove the love for the dunya that he has. So the sheikh who's living in the fine house with the fine food, with the fine horses, is making dua for that student of his who's living on the court bank of the river, simply that, Oh Allah, Allah remove the love of the dunya from this person's heart. Now this young man was stunned, so then he went back, and when he went back and said, According to your instructions, I went to your sheikh and I gave bear 
But I saw there's so much dunya over there. And in you I saw so much tawakkul on Allah. You have so much reliance and trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you only have a single fish in 24 hours. And then when I asked him to make dua for you, the dua he made for you was that, Oh Allah, take out the love for the dunya that he has in his heart. So when this younger sheikh at the river bank heard this, he started crying. And he said, Yes, tonight I will make true tawbah from all the love for the world that I have. And the young man said that how can you love the dunya? Look at how you live so simply. And he said that every single day when I go fishing, every day I have this desire in my heart that if only today I can catch a really big fish. And that greed of mine that I want to carry a big fish, my sheikh has seen this greed of mine and that is also love for the world and I make tawbah from that as well. <coughs> So, a person should not want the dunya in their heart. And if without wanting it, Allah Ta'ala showers us with wealth, then that is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mah, that is His blessing, that is His bounty, that is His gift. One Shaykh from Rasulullah, he was Shaykh of even the kings of his time. But he was first and foremost in Sunnah And in his day and age He was the foremost to establish the Sunnah So much so that some have said about Some people have said He even said this once That if I was to become If I if I decided to take bear from people There would be no sheikh in the world Who would have any students left for him But I've chosen instead to be Muhiya Sunnah To revive the Sunnah and he used to work with the kings and try to convince them to revive sunnah and establish sharia. And it so happened that he was also very well off and Allah Ta'ala gave him a lot of wealth and lands and groves and orchards. So Allah Ta'ala gave him a lot of wealth. Malana Jamir Abdullah was a great alim of that time. And Malana Jamir Abdullah thought once, then why shouldn't I go and meet Hazrat Khwaja Abdullah and I can become a student, become Bertan? So Malana Jamina he went with this intention. But when he arrived, he saw that with Khwaja Abdullah he had so many horses and so much finery, and he even used to have silver reins, silver rings by which he used to park his horse. So when Mount Jami saw all of this, all this finery and all this wealth, so then Khwaja Bidla was talking and he said that a person can never be a man who makes the dunya a friend. By man means wali of Allah. No person can ever become the wali of Allah Ta'ala when they have made, no one can be the friend of Allah Ta'ala when they have befriended the dunya. And Malana Jami said that I don't understand how he's saying that when he has so much dunya. So he left without becoming the student. And on his way back, he stopped somewhere to sleep. And when he slept, he saw a dream. In his dream, he saw that it was the Day of Judgment and that he is standing in a state of fear. And there is a state of fear and terror. And in that state of fear and terror, there's some people come close to him and they said, you have to give us your, our right over you. You have to give it. And so I started giving them some good deeds. 
and this good deed and that good deed and whatever I had after giving it to them. Then he said that so many people came to me in the dream that all of my good deeds I had given. And then still they were coming and then I wasn't able to fulfill the right they had over me. And I start, in the dream I started getting scared. How will I be saved on this day of judgment? And all of a sudden there was a person who was going by on a fine horse and thousands of people were following him towards Jannah. So then when he came closer I saw that that was the same Khaja Ubaidullah And when he saw me he stopped his horse and asked why are all these people gathering around you? And they replied that we are come here to get the rights that Khaja Ubaidullah owes us. Uh, that Malan Jami owes us. So Khaja Harar said that, okay, I will pay off all of his deeds. So take it from, all. I will pay off all of the rights that you have over him from my deeds. So take whatever deeds you want from me. And the Khaja was basically ransoming off all of the hukuk that were owed by Malan Jami. Then the Malan Jami opened his eyes from the dream and then he realized that no, this was a true Shaykh and this dream has made it clear that on the Day of Judgment he is going to be a benefit to me. That means I should go back and give bayah. So the Malan Jami returned back and now his intention was that when I go, I'm going to meet the Shaykh, I'm going to become bad to him. Now when he came back the second time, the Shaykh came and met him and then asked him, and after saying salam said that oh Malana, the first time you came and then you left so what did you say on your way out this was the kash of the sheikh and then he said no no I didn't say anything and Khajabila said no no tell me what was it that you said on the way out and Malajami said no no I didn't say anything and then he continued and then he said okay nobody can become a friend of Allah if they have made the dunya their friend this is what I said on the way out so then then completed it and said that nobody can become the friend of Allah if they have befriended the dunya unless they befriend the dunya for the sake of Allah. And so Khajabilla said that he had befriended the dunya for the sake of Allah SWT, then the wealth and money that a person has will actually be a means of increasing them in their akhirah. For example, Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq, when he spent so much money on the Prophet Sallallahu that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sayyidina Usman spent so much money on Deen that the Prophet made dua from that, O oh Rahman, O oh All Merciful Allah, Sahel, make easy the hisab for Sayyidina Uthman Radhanun Jannah. So this attribute of Zuhud comes into a salak when they have made Tawbah and they have inabat in their heart have rejuilallah, they have turned and inclined towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once they turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's only natural that they turn away from the world and then when they turn away from the world, they will have zuhud. So the first step in the staircase was toba. The second st- and step in the staircase is that they should have inaba and they're yearning and inclining towards the world, uh, yearning and inclining towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the third step is zuhud and that is that their heart becomes empty and free from Dal Ghurur, from this abode of deception, and their heart is focused on the Akhirah. So we should make dua to Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala give us a heart of zuhud. And if we can keep the company of the people of zuhud, we keep sit in the presence and keep the company of people who don't love the dunya, then also our heart will be removed of its love for dunya. Our heart will be changed in such a way. That Sheikh says that we will recite one 
last event and then conclude our talk. There was a Sheikh Qutbin Bakhtiar Kakiram Tale. And he was a Sheikh in the Mughal Empire, and many of the Mughal princes were his students. When he passed away, so there was a large gathering that had assembled for his janazah. And hundreds and thousands of people had come to pray janazah salah over Sheikh. So when they placed his body, and then a person came, and he was a herald, and he said that Sheikh had left a wasiyah, had left a will, and I have to read out that will before the janazah is read. That's the hukum of Sharia. So it said, okay, you should read his will and his last will and testament. So one of the aspects of the will was that that person should read my janazah, the person who should pray my janazah salah is the one who has four characteristics. Only that person who has four characteristics should pray my janazah salah. Number one is that person should never have missed prayer in jamaat and should never miss takbir ullah. They should have always been there for the start of the prayer in jamaat. Second attribute they should have is that in his life he should never have missed the hajjah. Now look at these two big conditions. Third condition is that they should be so attached to Salah that the four Sunnas, which are Ghayam of Asr, his whole life he should have prayed them also, never left them once. And the fourth criteria is that in his entire life he should have never looked with a lustful gaze at a non-mahram woman. Now, these four conditions are so intense that who is going to be able to read and pray this Janazah Salah? So after the person read this out and there was pin drop silence on the whole ground, who would be bold enough to say that I can lead the Janazah prayer because I have these four characteristics? So after some time, there was some silence and then one man came, stepped forward and he was crying and then he went close to the beer where they had laid the maid and he said, O Sheikh, he addressed the dead corpse and said, O Sheikh, you have passed away from this earth, but you have exposed me. You have revealed my secret and you have exposed my secret. And then that person, he addressed the gathering and he swore in the name of Allah that, O oh, gathering, I swear in the name of Allah, I have possessed these four characteristics and therefore he led the janazah prayer and people saw who was it? This was the king Al-Tamash of his time, the Mughal Emperor Al-Tamash. So if the emperor of the time can have such attributes, then that means that even though he was a king, he was a Zahid. He had no love for the world. His All his love were for Akhirah. So nobody is trying to stop anyone from doing business or trade or working. But we shouldn't have love for the world. We should only have love for Allah in our heart. And that is why that in this universe, in our Ummah, that who was the king of the Zahid? His name was Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. He was the greatest Zahid. And in any case, he was the greatest Sahaba and therefore the greatest Ummati, but he was also the greatest in Zahud. Once Sayyidina Rasulullah made a call for charity, Sayyidina Umar brought half of his wealth, and Sayyidina Abu Bakr secretly he brought all of his wealth to spend fee Sabilullah. So the most Zahud, he had no attachment to this world. And then he saw that Sayyidina Abu Bakr had even given his good clothing, he was wearing tattered clothes. 
Sina Bakr said that, oh, before you were Muslim, you had two large businesses and you were considered amongst one of the wealthier people in Makkah Mukarramah, one of the successful businessmen in Makkah Mukarramah. And now I'm looking at you, you've donated all your money and you're just wearing a tattered piece of clothing. So Sina Bakr said that all of that wealth may have left me, but this blessing that has come in my heart, I could not tell you the value that it has. That this is such a generous grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has made me your sahaba, your sahabi. And that is the greatest blessing and wealth Allah ta'ala could give me. So Sayyidina Rasulullah once said that in a hadith that I have returned the ihsan and favors of everyone but Abu Bakr on the Day of Judgment. Allah ta'ala will reward you for all the favors you did for me. Can you imagine what type of life Sayyidina Abu Bakr would have lived that the Prophet said that? And this is why that on the Day of Judgment, all of creation will be in a state of fear and terror on that day. Even the Prophets will be so afraid of Allah SWT on that day. And every community will go towards their Nabi and towards the Prophet and will say that you are the beloved of Allah SWT. You should ask Allah Ta'ala that He beg Allah Ta'ala, pray to Allah Ta'ala, He should begin the hisab, begin the process so we can spare ourselves from the heat and intensity of this day of judgment. So Sayyidina Rasulullah will go to Maqam Mahmud and he will fall into sajda and he will cry and he will do hamd of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. He will praise Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala in such a way that nobody has ever praised Allah Ta'ala before and no one will ever praise Allah Ta'ala like that again. So when in that sajda the Prophet will praise and do hamd of Allah Ta'ala so much then Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala will say to the Prophet why are you crying? Raise your head, lift your head up from sajda, ask of me and you will be granted whatever you ask. So then when Allah SWT says that, then Sayyidina Rasulullah will say, Oh Allah, just start the hisab on the Day of Judgment, start the process, because the waiting is too intense for the people. So then Allah SWT will tell the Prophet that I will start with hisab from your ummah. So present somebody from your ummah and the Prophet will present Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr will say that Oh Rasulullah don't pick me. I spent the vast majority of my life before Iman. It's just the last few years of my life I was on Iman. Pick a younger Sahaba. Pick somebody who was born and lived their life on Islam. And the Prophet will say, No, I am picked you. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr will be the very first human being Hisab Allah Ta'ala will take on the Day of Judgment. So when he stands in front of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, that he himself will become so afraid of Allah that he will fall into sajda. And he will start crying and crying in sajda. Then Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala will say that, Oh, the beloved of my beloved, you were the most sincere companion of my beloved. That he said in this world, that I have returned the favors of everyone but Abu Bakr Allah Ta'ala will return the favors you did for me so rise from your sadd Abu Bakr today I will compensate you for the favors that uh, I will return you for the favors that you did to the Prophet and then Sayyidina Abu Bakr will see that Allah Ta'ala is smiling at him and he will give a khas special tajalli to Sayyidina Abu Bakr today when Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq died in this world 
And when he was in his last uh, stage of life, somebody brought a new cloth for him, for kafan, and he said, no, new cloth should be given to the living. Find some old piece of cloth, and you should wrap me in that kafan when I die. So he had zuhud at the last of his life. May Allah Ta'ala give all of us zuhud to take out the love for the world from our heart. Make silent zikr of the heart, close your eyes and bow your head. Disconnect yourself from everything in this world and all that it contains and make near that your qalb, your spiritual heart, is doing the zikr of Allah's name as if your qalb is saying Allah, Allah, Allah. Ya Allah, we come to you outwardly as your slaves, but in reality we are sinners. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your forgiveness upon us. Ya Allah, is the last ten nights of Ramadan an odd night of Ramadan. Ya Allah, we have come to you out of shame. We have come to you out of longing. We have come to you out of yearning. Ya Allah, we have come to you wounded with sin on all sides. From the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet, we are with sin. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept our dua. Ya Allah, grant our prayer. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you look at us with your karam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there's so many opportunities that you have given us, Ya Allah. But we failed to make use of them. If we had made use of them, Ya Allah, then we wouldn't have so many sins. That our heart would have changed. That our prayers would have been better. Our akhlaq would have been better. Ya Allah, we squandered so many opportunities so far. And Ya Allah, our state is such that we are ashamed in front of you. Ya Allah, we ask that you just forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you increase us in our love for you. Ya Allah, take out the love for the world from our heart. Ya Allah, we ask that you take out all the love of the world from our heart. Ya Allah, we have heard today that the love for the world, no matter how many deeds that we do, if we have love for the world, our deeds will not be beneficial. Ya Rabbi Karim, save us, Ya Allah. Save us from such an end, Ya Allah. Save us from a terrible end, Ya Allah. Save us from a terrible end, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us a love for you, Ya Allah. Take out the love for dunya from our heart. Ya Allah, make us attached to you. Make us in love with you. Ya Allah, make us attached always to love for you. Ya Allah. Ya Allah, find any way to forgive us, Ya Allah. Any way to send your mercy on us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have only shame to show. We have only shame to show, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, please accept this shame. Make accept our tawbah, Ya Allah. Make grant us inaba, Ya Allah. Grant us zuhud, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have corrupted ourselves. We have spoiled ourselves. We have hurt ourselves. We have come to you empty, Ya Allah. But we have come to beg from you, Allah. Grant us, Ya Allah. Fulfill us, Ya Allah. Accept us, Ya Allah. Oh Ya Allah, we don't even know how to make dua to you. Ya Allah, but we have seen in this world that if there is a child who is hungry and the mother and a mother will listen to a hungry child even more than an ordinary child Ya Allah, we are hungry for your mercy, Ya Allah We want you to gaze upon us like the 
mother gives us upon her hungry, malnourished child, that yeah, we are malnourished in our amal, that we are hungry in our deen. Ya Allah, the difficulties that you sent upon us as tests, Ya Allah, we ask your forgiveness, Ya Allah, that, Ya Rabbi Kaleem, that we were not true in those tests. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us true, Ya Allah, make us true and trustworthy, Ya Allah. We have come here with so many hopes and desires. Ya Allah, don't send us back to our homes empty-handed, Ya Allah. Just send us back unchanged, Ya Allah. Yes, we accept that we came interwoven with sin, but Ya Allah, we wish to leave such that we are freed of sin, save us from sin, rescue us from sin. Ya Allah, don't let our sins become a stain on our sallallahu Ya Allah. Don't let our sins become a stain on others, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our raised hands, Ya Allah. Let you fulfill our du'as. Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, we have come to the door of your masjid, Ya Allah. We don't want to ask anything of anyone anymore. We want to ask only of you, Ya Allah. We take away all our hopes from this world in creation and we place all our hopes in you, Ya Allah. Never ever make us needy of anyone else. Never make us dependent on someone else. Ya Allah, we want to be needy of you, dependent on you. We want to pledge ourselves to you. We present ourselves to you. Ya Allah, we ask that you bestow deen upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us dunya without love for the dunya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from ever being needy. Ya Allah, let's save us from being ever unworthy. Ya Allah, take us out from our disgrace. Take us out from sin. Take us out from sickness. Take us out from every outward and apparent sickness, every inner sickness. Ya Rabbi Kareem, throughout the Muslim world, hundreds and thousands of the Ummah are in need, are in difficulty, are in stress. Ya Rabbi Kareem, send your special mercy on them, send your special help on them. Ya Allah, help those who have no other to help them, protect those who have no protector. Ya Allah, listen to the dua of the Muslim. Ya Allah, remove the oppression and injustice. Ya Allah, protect the widows, Ya Allah. Protect the orphans, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, listen to the du'as of the oppressed and needy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, ten- the children are being slaughtered, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, send your mercy, Ya Allah. Send your help, Ya Allah. Send your nusrat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, let tonight be a night of joy for us, a night of happiness for us, because you accept our du'as, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. 
Ya Allah, we are your needy and sinning servants. Ya Allah, grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are your faqir. Ya Allah, we're needy of you. Ya Allah, grant us the sadqa of iman, the sadqa of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us whatever we prayed for, what we should have prayed for. Grant, and couldn't pray, grant us that as well. Ya grant us the hasanat and the dunya and the afrat, save us from the punishment and the hellfire. وصلى الله تعالى على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم